Okay, so we'll do a review of yesterday's daf and get to today's. Yesterday we started the new parak on daf pei gimel. Today's daf pei dalid, and we'll do the review of yesterday's daf starting from the top of the page on daf pei gimel. Um, there might be one. I don't know. This is no no condition. This is Kedusha. No. All right. So what did we learn yesterday? We started off uh, a, uh, uh, the man, um, the woman has a lot of property. So the man writes a letter, a document, where he says that he has nothing to do with her property. So what does that mean? It means that... Uh, the property that she brings into the marriage, he still maintains the right to eat the earnings of it, the produce, uh, during her lifetime. If she dies, he still inherits her. Um, so the Gemara says, what do you mean? So that's pretty much his rights. What's the... So what does it mean that if it doesn't mean anything that's relevant? So the Gemara says it does mean one thing, that if she would sell it, her gift it, her gift and sale is not reversible. That's it. Okay. What if he writes dinudvarim enli benechsayach ubeperoseyan? So then that means that he can't eat her peros, but if she dies, he still does inherit her. And Rabbi says even that is only referring to the peros, unless he writes pere peros. Um, uh, it uh, will stop there. Now, uh, what if he writes the full terminology? Meaning, even after you die. So then, he doesn't eat the peros during her lifetime. If she dies, he does not inherit her. And that's the law. According to Rabshim Gamliel, however, if she dies, he will inherit her. And the reason is, is because he's master, because of the Torah. He's going against the Torah law. The Torah law is, is that the husband inherits his wife. So, that's the story. So, brings us to the Gemara. The Gemara switches, uh, the Reb Chia says that the terminology was not, his version was not Akose, but Omer. But uh, even Ksiva and Amir is really doesn't ch- change anything. The question is, why does it have any value at all, even with the writing? Um, somebody tells to his friend such a terminology of um, uh, let's say he partners on a property together and one guy writes to the other or all of those things have no validity and it's meaningless. And the reason why is because um, unless he writes a, t- a terminology of gifting what he owns to the other party, the concept of removal of self does not automatically acquire it to the other person and has no meaning. So why does it work by the husband? That's really the question. So the Gemara explains, the School of Ravana explains, that he wrote it while they were still betrothed. Meaning, before you take possession, then you do have an ability to remove yourself, that, that will be meaningful. Once you own something, there's no, the, it's a meaningless statement to say, I'm removed from that thing. It's not taken to mean that you're actually relinquishing ownership, okay, or any rights on it. 
um, unless you gift it. Okay, so that's the gist. Anyway, so the Gemara explains uh, that that is, uh, since he wrote it before he took possession, it uh, falls into this position of the idea that Rav Kahne talks about, that something that's uh, coming to somebody that's not Bederech Yerusha, so you can actually make a condition not to get it, not to inherit it. Like a husband can make a statement not to inherit his wife, not to take over his wife's property. And uh, it's because it's like a concept of the Efshib Tekanos Chachamim, no different than the uh, wife who's saying that uh, the Takana that's there, that my husband provides for my food and in turn takes my earnings, I'm happy to take that, you know, back. I don't need that Takanos Chachamim. Um, and just like that works over there, so it works over here. So the Gemara is bothered. Um, well, if that's true, why not do it even by Nisuin? Well, I mean, if he, if you could do it because it's Takanas Chachamim, why wouldn't that work even after the Nisuin? Why is it only Bishas Erisin that it works? So my answer is, is that once they're already consummated the marriage, so it's Yado Kiyada, or another version is Yado Adifim Yado, but either way, his hand is on the item, is in, is is already an owner, so to speak, and therefore it's not relevant. Rashi says, "What's the difference between the Gemara asks, What's the difference between yado kiyada or yado adifim yada? Is as far as relevant for a separate halacha, not over here, but for Shemeres Yavam, who has property. Um, what do we do with the ksuva, whatever? And there was a machlokas b'shamim v'silo." And uh, basically, um, whose hand is on top, it makes a difference. If it's the husband's hand on top or if it's the you know, uh, property that came while they were married, that was the, that's the discussion over there in Yavamas. Anyway, so the Shiloh was raised. What if there was a Kenyan to this effect? Does that change things? I understand the writing of Dino Tvarim is limited um, in the case of... Uh, just two people own a property together. But what if you give a Kenyan to that effect? Does that change things? Um, show that it, that you mean it? So, um, according to Rav Yosef, no, it's, it's just like the, the statement in Udvarim is meaningless. A Kenyan to that effect is meaningless. But Rav Nachman disagrees. He's like, no, when he's making Kenyan, he's relinquishing his connection to the land, and then it does have meaning, Okay. So Abai says that it makes more sense that Rav Yosef would only be true. Rav Yosef says that it does it is meaningless. Where the person, as soon as the other guy started taking over the property, is like, wait a second, that's not what I meant. That's not what I said. I only said I don't have dinun tvarim. That's not what that doesn't mean that. Um, but if he's quiet, then um, we'll clearly understand that he means to relinquish his rights. Um, so the Amemar said the bottom line halacha is is that like Rav Nachman that it, he's relinquishing his rights to the land. So Ravashi says is that only if he's complaining, not if he's what if he and not what about is it only if he's standing and not complaining? So the Gemara says no no no. Um, I don't hear the difference. It doesn't make any difference whether he complains right away or whether he's quiet in the beginning and then complains later as if he's like changing his mind. In either case, we say the same, the same is gonna, it's going to be the same din, um, which is that he, he, he means it. When you do a Kenyan, then that's understood that he's giving it back to the other guy. Okay, he has no rights anymore. Okay, so we said, what, what is the, the writing of Dinah Dvarim referring to? 
if it's not referring to the payrolls, they're not referring to him inheriting her, it's referring to her ability to sell it. So why can't she say, what do you mean? You wrote it, it means for everything. So Abayi says this falls into the, re- the logic of that we put the person who's in con- in, who has the document in the weaker position um, to be understood in the least sense, okay? So, so the Gemara says, well, okay, why, is, why did you pick that quality of the, her ability to sell it as the least thing? So the answer is, is that, yes, it's true. If she sells it, then it will be a total loss to the husband. Um, but the value of Peros is a lot stronger because even though it's smaller, it's ongoing. Okay, and that's the expression, Butzina Tabmikra, the small uh, things that are here and now, those are things that are more valuable than something much larger that's later on. Maybe it's from uh, inheritance. So Abai says, um, uh, Misa is more, is, is, uh, you know, Misa is common. So we're not going to give up something that's common, as opposed to sale is very rare. Why would that a woman would decide to actually sell or gift her property? It's counterintuitive. It's something that's very rare. And he, so, so since it's such an unlikely scenario, he's more willing to relinquish his rights to that. And we take it to mean when he's relinquishing his rights, it's for the least thing that's going to affect him. And that's the idea. Took us to the next thing. Review this says that unless you say periperis, you are still maintaining rights to periperis. So what are peris? What are periperis? So if she brings in land and it produces peros, those are called peros, okay? Um, what if he sells those peris and buys more land with the peros? So, and they produce peros, so then those peros are called periperis, okay? So the question is, um, when Rebuda says periperis, is that what's all that matters? Once you say periperis, it means already forever? Or it's only when you say ad olam that it means forever? Or uh, maybe you have to say both, periperis and ad olam. And if you say that it's periperis specifically, so then why did we say ad olam? To tell you that that's what periperis means, ad olam. Okay? If you say ad olam is what needs to be said, so why do you say periperis? It's going to tell you that if you only said periperis without saying ad olam, it doesn't mean more than that. Okay? And, um, and if it's both specific, so then it's to tell you that if you just wrote one and not the other, it wouldn't uh, take on the full meaning. Um, I, and uh, so I might have thought that periperis is limited to periperis, but period to periperis, maybe you could eat. Um, and that's why I had to say, I don't want to tell you that you can't eat that. Okay. Um, um, and if you would just write ad olam without the pair paris, I might have thought that it's only going on the paris. So in other words, you have to say peri paris and ad olam because it may be only the paris ad olam. I'm only never going to eat the paris. So therefore, we have to write both. Anyway, so the point is, all three are possibilities that you need to say also peri paris and ad olam, or you only need to say peri paris, or you only need to say ad olam. Okay. Shalos, what if he skipped? He wrote dinudvarm eli benechsayich ubeperu peris. He skipped the case of Paris. So can he eat the Paris? So maybe only removed his rights to peru Paris, but he never removed his rights to peru Paris. So, um, so the Gemara says can't be because 
Uh, obviously, if he relinquishing his rights to the pair of Paris, he's relinquishing his rights to the Paris because if he's keeping the Paris, so then when will there ever be, ever be pair of Paris? So the Kumar says that's not a proof because sometimes well, the review this says that you can still eat the pair of Paris uh, unless you say, I'm not going to have the pair of Paris. Now, if you're getting the pears, how are there ever going to be pear pears? Teretz is, sometimes he had leftover pears and he bought them with it. So the same thing. So maybe it was the case that he didn't use them up. He didn't eat them. He didn't spend them. All right. Next thing is, uh, we left off with Rabbi Shem and Gamliel, and uh, he says, who says in the Mishnah um, that uh, Shem Gamliel was the one who said that, uh, it, that, that you cannot give it away even if you write it, that you shouldn't be Yorish, you can't do that because it's Mas Namashkas Vatari, going against the Torah. So Rav says, Allah is like Rabshim Gamliel, but for the wrong reason. So the Gemara wants to know what does that mean, Lacha is like Rabshim Gamliel, but for the wrong reason? Is it because um, that he does inherit her regardless, even if he wrote that? And he says it's because But Rav says, no, you can make a condition against the Torah. Um, and uh, the reason why over here you do lose it, you don't, you don't, you still get the Arushas because it's only Midrabanan, and the Chachamim strengthen their words like uh, even greater than the Torah. And that's the where we left off yesterday. We'll stop our review over here.